With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Detroit Lions Podcast with Bischoff and Brown. I'm Russ Brown. With me, as always, Scott Bischoff, my man. How are you on a Friday? Doing pretty good. How are you? Good, man. I mean, look, our, our football team's 5-1. and one. We're, we're, we're not doing this on our normal Wednesday spots. We kind of know where the health is of some of our guys. Looks like we're going to get Gibbs back this week. We'll see. Um, Brand should be back. That's what it's looking like. So things are kind of trending in the right direction. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to talk a little football here because – the Lions beat the Bucks uh, twenty to six, and we moved to five and one on the year. Um, I, I don't know, you know, how you're feeling. I, I don't know how you were. I mean, I can't really remember how you were feeling going into this game. I feel like we both kind of felt like it was a little trappy, but the Lions won in a convincing way, and the defense just continues to just thrive. What were your, yeah. what were your thoughts on the game? It's, I mean, that's exactly how I, I felt, and we both did. Um, I did not think that they were going to be able to run it in a traditional sense against Tampa mm-hmm. and they didn't, but um, you know, you mentioned JMO making a big play. Good call. <laughs> um, that was lucky. <laughs> well, still, but you know, it, and, and the way he's running now, the way he's moving reminds it's very much the way he moved at Alabama mm-hmm. specifically. The stop, uh, the, the the route where he runs on the sideline, and it the ball's underthrown, but um, the way he stops and leaves the cornerback just, you know, flailing for five to six yards. Yeah. Um, if that pass is complete, I think he scores because there is nobody uh, anywhere near him, and he's just running away from the defender. He's got inside leverage, and he's just going to run away. Um. So, yeah, I, you know, I think it went kind of like I thought it would go for them on offense. Um, and then, you know, defensively, they, the, the Lions looked dominant again. And, and again, it's the same kind of stuff uh, as the Carolina game where you feel just a touch uncomfortable how, how easy it is that they're – it's the wrong word. But how just um, – you know, maybe it is the right word. I don't know. Uh they that game was never really in doubt. Uh, they really stifled Tampa in a lot of ways, and even in a low scoring sort of grinded out game, golf played great. You know, um, they did not run, which which I'm fully expecting. I, I did not expect they, they they would, but you know, uh, they they still managed to make things happen uh, to score a couple touchdowns, and just to really uh, defensively just kind of. I mean, there were moments when Godwin was getting his a little bit. And Evans was open here and there, but, you know, they, uh, they, and they did a, I think they played a little contain there where they allowed Baker to just make, 
make mistakes that he's going to make at times. Um, they didn't let him really get outside outside the pocket. So, you know, I, I thought they, it was just another great showing. Interestingly, I, I think this was the this was the the game where a lot of, of of national people saw what what they did on the road there and have decided they're jumping in. They're yeah. they're all in just because of how easy they're making these things look. Yeah. Um we'll see what happens this week, but yeah, I mean it was it was a fun game to watch. It still is like what is what's happening here? But I know. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, and I think the thing is, is you know, you mentioned easy. I, I want to label it as like flawless the way that they're playing because, sure, like it wasn't a perfect game. They couldn't run the football, but they had two backup running backs for basically the the majority of the game running the football. They're they're not going to hit the holes in the openings like Gibbs or Montgomery. They're not getting those first team reps. So I think that's the key. Those guys were kind of put on the spot. And Craig Reynolds did what he could do, and he had a yeah. key block on the St. Brown touchdown, which play. I mean, that block was – that might be one of the plays of the season when we look back at this in a, in a few months. It, I mean, I don't know if you saw the the angle from like the crowd, but on Barstool Detroit on their, their social media pages, somebody filmed it and they you know sent that in. And it's like from the crowd and all you see is this guy just running out of nowhere and just leveling this guy. And I think it was Carlton Davis that he hit, but – I mean, that's what this team does. Like everybody contributes and they do their job and they don't quit on the on the play and they don't quit on each other. Like that's what you don't see. You don't see guys walking out on the field. They run their routes hard. They block till the whistle. Everybody's doing what they can to to get points on the board and stop the opposition from scoring. And it's just something that I don't think we've ever seen from this team particularly, but really from a lot of teams, like the good football teams, the teams that win championships do exactly what Detroit's doing. And it's weird to say. For sure. And and I would even say that they're going above and beyond. Um, yeah. I mean, did Reynolds, did Reynolds need to get out in front of that to spring that? I don't know that that's necessarily a play that he, I mean, I would hope that then that's not a design kind of thing, but it's more the focus an awareness to see it and then to and then the hustle to get there yeah and, and spring that it's just and i think it tells you a lot about their locker room and what and like you said you know these are these are the things that that winning teams do um i think that is an indication of of you know what's happening inside their locker room and just how cohesive things are and how and how you know just dialed in they are which yeah. is a really, really good thing. So yeah, I mean, it was. There's nothing. There's nothing real negative you could you could say about that game. Uh, I mean, we shouldn't. You know, they went to five and one. They're they're tied in the NFC for. Uh, I mean, they have the tied for the best record in the NFC. And interestingly, people are now going to start talking about them um, nationally. Is you know they're going to be challenging for a bye and all these things. And it's like, well. <laughs> When you look at the schedule, if you've played that game, you know, yeah, they could easily be doing that. So this yeah. this week is a uh, this week feels like a test. Um, and then there's, you know, uh, you know, in the NFL, it's it's every week you you need to you need to play every week, but this one feels like a test. And then there's one game later in the season that does too. And outside of that, it feels like well. 
what where are the where are the losses on this schedule? Where are the traps? Where are the you know where where are the holes they're going to step in? They're, they'll step in one or two. They will. It's yeah. just you know from this point the way they've played. You know, it's been uh, it's been pretty remarkable as a Lions fan to watch this play out. No, yeah, I was talking to a buddy, and I, I you know I try not to look ahead too far, but like you start just going down the schedule, and you're like, all right, maybe they lose this one, maybe they lose that one. All of a sudden, you get done, and you're at you know fourteen and three or thirteen and four, and you're like, this, this can't be. Like I'm yeah. I'm not doing this wrong, right? Yeah. Uh, so they're gonna lock up the division on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. I, it's possible. What the I, hell? <laughs> you, you never know. I mean, yeah. the way it's the way it's trending, um, and, and we'll get into the Ravens stuff here in a minute. But I, I will just say, offensively, real quick, against the Bucks, they couldn't really get the the ground game going. They only had forty yards rushing. But man, like, it, how how about just the game plan from Ben Johnson and and just this offense in general, like. Okay, hey, we can't run the football, so let's just sling it around. And Goff throws 44 passes. He completes 30 of them. And of those 30 passes, he went to 10 different receivers. And and still St. Brown had 12 receptions for 124 yards and a score. I mean, how good is, is Amon Russ St. Brown? I mean, just not a lot of people talk about him as a as a top receiver in the NFL or even maybe a top five receiver. Because you have the Metcalfs, you have Tyreek Hill, you have Jamar Chase, you you have all these names, but you go down the list and I mean, the way he plays, I, I think he's a top five receiver in the NFL. And I'm not trying to get like hot takey on a Friday, but no, he certainly I mean, looks like it. wise, he's there. You know, yeah. I mean he is there. It's just yeah. he's not he's not, you know, big, sexy, fast, all that stuff that people want to see. You know, he's he's not six two and Running four, you know, sub four four guy. He's just not. That's not his game. Right. He's more precise with his routes and and right. super reliable and all that stuff. But you know, um, yeah. I, I mean, I think he's he is uh, he's going to get paid a lot of money when it's time, and it will be well deserved. Yeah, and I think that's the you know something as as we get into the off season. Um, I think that'll be something that we'll definitely talk about and, and definitely fans will be talking about who's getting paid because Sewell's going to have to get on the books. Uh, St. Brown's going to have to get on the books. Goff's going to get an extension. You got to get prepped for Hutch. I yep. mean, there's going to be some deals that they're going to have to figure out, but who? I mean, it, this just doesn't seem like a greedy group of guys either. So I don't know if, you know, maybe Goff gets a big deal just because of the position, but I don't think we're going to see like a ton of record-breaking deals for a lot of our guys, because I think a lot of them want to be here and a lot of them want to win. So, yeah, I don't know. It, that's that's going to be an interesting time because we have not experienced this in the past. Right. The, the money crunch of, all right, they're doing such a good job of picking players that we have to pay all these guys. Mm-hmm. And that's painful. Yeah. No, that's great. Right. But, you know. No, and, 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 and mean, the, thing of the, the past was, you know, we, we'd have guys like. Stafford and Sue on the books and stuff like that. And you had Calvin, but other than that, you know, your, your drafts weren't great. You weren't bringing in a ton of talent there. Like maybe, you know, out of the seven or eight players that you draft, you'd find two guys. But other than that, those guys weren't even getting second contracts. Your big contracts were to Reggie Bush and other free agents that were here for a year, maybe two. So it's definitely different times. I mean, it really is. and And they've done a great job, you know, since they've been here. And managing, uh, not paying players a bunch of term and a bunch of money. You know, you're bringing in guys on one year deals and just kind of figuring it out that way. But 
in the meantime, you're building through the draft and and we can see, you know, we can see the effects of that. You know, you have all these players, these young guys who you expect to get paid. And it's just a testament to, to what they're doing in the draft. It really is. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, no, it's look, it's been a lot of fun. We're at five and one. We're winning convincingly on the road. We've won three straight games by double digits, which is just unheard of in the NFL. So they're doing some remarkable things. And that's probably why a lot of power rankings have them as maybe the top team um, on a lot of them. Unless you're, you know, part of somewhere else, you might have them at like seventh or eighth for some odd reason. But um, it is what Whatever. it is. Yeah, it's power ranking. It's clickbait. It is Whatever. what it is. Yeah. But back on the road, Lions got the Ravens. Uh, this one's simple. Lions, road game, Ravens. What do we think is going to happen here? I mean, we're not going to get crazy as far as, you know, score predictions or stuff. We're following that trend. I'm not making another score prediction for the rest of the year uh, after that Seattle game. But, (laughs) I mean, we know what to expect in this game, right? It's Lamar Jackson. It's it's Zay Flowers. And then it's obviously just the Ravens defense. The Ravens are known traditionally for having a a very well-rounded defense, whether it's Kyle Hamilton or or whoever is on that defensive unit that's going to get after it. But starting with the offense, Lamar Jackson, we got to find a way to contain it. What is the best way to contain him? <laughs> I don't know. Is there, is there any way that he, you know, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> I was going to say something terrible. <laughs> I don't know how you contain him, but it seems, it seems that, there is some strangeness around that team where, and they really haven't played anybody, you know? So, so it's tough to really get a good gauge for what, what the Ravens are on offense, but Lamar looks more um, early in his career. When he got outside, when he, when he escaped pressure, you would hold your breath because you just expected something significant with him as a runner. And it doesn't quite feel that way anymore with him. He, 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 it almost is like he's more of a scrambler than a torch, a torch you with his legs kind of runner. I don't know if he's lost something, a touch there, or if they're, if they're coaching him not to do certain things, uh, as a runner. But yeah, I mean, Zay Flowers is a really nice route runner. Mark Andrews is a, is a, is a very good tight end, but they do. He's not always super productive. Like there are moments when he just disappears where Jackson just can't seem to get either can't he can't find him or they can't get on the same page. Um and then there's some strange I don't I want to say it's almost bizarre. Like you, you see them sort of just roll down the field on offense super easy, and then they get a holding call down in the red zone and it all falls apart. Where I don't know if it's if if this team just struggles with some level of adversity, uh, you saw it a couple of weeks ago with some drops. Yeah. I think that there's an element of Lamar, Lamar Jackson's playing really, really well right now. And the offense is struggling to get it going uh, and to finish drives in the end zone. I don't, you know, I don't know what, I don't totally know what to make of it. Although, you know, there's danger in and around this offense and you just, you have to do your best um, I would think that g- getting pressure on him and getting him rattled is absolutely the approach that you want to take. But there's a level of danger that goes with that. That if you do that, let's say, let's say you you know you you allow your ends to just really go, mm-hmm. and you create running lanes for him. I don't know that that's super smart 
either. So we may see a game plan like what you saw in week one and week two, where there's a lot of contain and just letting him forcing him to stay somewhat in the pocket and beat you as a traditional passer. And then asking his weapons to make plays, which to this point, yes, Zay Flowers has done, but not, I mean, Rashad Bateman has been a, a, like a severe disappointment. Yeah. Um, Beckham looks okay, but you know, it's, it's once or twice a game. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? So, so it's hard. It's really hard to know because they haven't played anybody, but those, I guess that's what I think about what's happening with Baltimore and just, there's just some, some just weirdness around their offense. I don't know how else to, to describe it. Yeah. No, it, it just seems like they, they can string, to, like you mentioned, they string together, you know, a good drive here and a good drive there, but it's just not as consistent as the Lions offense has been. And it hasn't been as consistent as, you know, some of the offenses that the Lions have played, right? Like Seattle, when they can get going, they get going. You know, the Chiefs, yeah. as we know, they get going, they get going. Yeah. But with, with, with the Ravens, I mean, they struggled at times against Tennessee last week. And I get it. Tennessee's got some good football players on their team. They just don't have a quarterback. But I, I think the, the key is that I, I just wasn't impressed with what I saw out of Baltimore last week. We all got to watch them. They were international on that game. So, like, I, I just – like, sure, Lamar scares me. That worries me. Zay Flowers is going to run some some effective routes over the middle of the field. You mentioned Mark Andrews, but he disappears. And like you said, he he just there's moments where he's not involved in the offense and not involved in the game plan. And I think a lot of it is because he runs routes in the middle of the field, stick routes and those types of things. And if Lamar's on the move, Lamar's rolling to his right or rolling to his left, that stick route means absolutely nothing now. So I think I think if Baltimore was smart, they would look at some of the crossers that was ran by the Bucks. Chris Godwin was open on a couple of them. Mike Evans was open on a couple of them. Even Trey Palmer was open and Baker just missed him deep a couple times. I think if they can get something like that going, they might have some success. But a lot of it's going to have to be circled around either Mark Andrews or Zay Flowers because you mentioned Rashad Bateman has been somewhat of a disappointment. And Odell Beckham only does make you know, consistent plays one or two times a game. I mean, he's only getting two, maybe three catches a game. And a lot of it's like slant patterns and those types of things. So I don't think you have to worry about like the vertical threat ability there. Now, I will say Nelson Aguilar, maybe in the design screen game, he might find something. Maybe he finds a crease, but I don't know. They, They don't give the ball enough to Justice Hill. They don't you know, they give it to Gus Edwards at weird times and he just kind of looks slow and and kind of just kind of out there as a guy. So again, I, I just, I don't, I think if you find a way to keep Lamar in the pocket or just in front of you, they're going to be just fine. I, I don't, I don't yeah. know if this is going to be some crazy game. They just have to score offensively and make sure that it doesn't come down to Justin Tucker. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's probably their biggest weapon. <laughs> And, yeah, and I mean, he had what do you have six field goals last week? Just yeah, um, like you know, it feels it feels like you know the Lions could string together a pretty good, a pretty nice win here uh, against a team that's that again. They, I you know, it's hard to really know what they are. I mean, the Steelers gave them everything they could possibly want, right? right? And that the Steelers are that's not a good football team, Tennessee. Yes, they have pieces, but it's not a good football team, right? So the last couple of weeks, they've the Ravens have just kind of played. I don't, I would almost say not good football, 
And um, yeah, Lamar is terrifying. He he is, but there's just something strange about what they're doing on offense. And I, you know, it's hard to describe it other than as as just strange. Like they're not they're not scoring the number of points that they could and should be scoring for what they have. Um I'm interested to see what the what the Lions defensive line looks like and what their edge pressure looks like against this offensive line. I'm I you know, maybe there's a little more there than we think and 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 the Lions have an advantage in that situation where you are harassing Lamar and he is you know, running for his life kind of stuff and that's a great scenario. Right. Because I I think that you know, as long as the second level can get to him and he is running and not necessarily making plays outside structure, throwing the ball, letting him run a little bit is okay. Yeah. It's just you don't want him running. You you don't want him constantly running for first downs and extending drives. And that's historically been something the Lions have struggled with. But the Lions defense is a significantly different thing than it was a year ago. So we'll see. You know, um, I mean, I have good vibes about what the Lions defense should do in this game. But it's hard to know. Just you know, uh, being a little tempered in our approach to what we really think about things and not wanting to be overly cocky about like, oh, the, you know, the Lions are, are just better than Baltimore and they should be able to go on the road and win that game easily. That's just not necessarily how it works all the time. So, yeah. well, don't, I don't think it's a different story. Yeah, and, and I think defensively, this this is a great matchup for Detroit because, you know, we've seen a, a historic run by the defense as far as stopping the run and that type of stuff. I mean, again, they only gave up like 47 yards total offense or rushing yards wise to the, the Buccaneers this past weekend. And and they're just, you know, trending just in a, in a great direction as maybe one of the best historic run defenses of all time if, if they keep this going. But they play against a team that can run the football. And, and I mean, when you look at the Buc- or when you look at the Ravens, they, you know, they average 140 yards rushing a game. And a lot of that is Lamar Jackson. And yeah. they convert, you know, 45% of their third downs. So, a lot of that, again, though, is Lamar Jackson. So if they can get Brian Branch back and and he can kind of patrol the middle with Alex Anzalone, who, by the way, for folks that didn't watch it, he played out of his mind against the Bucks and his ability to just sift through traffic or, you know, scrape over the top and just fill in the, those run fits is incredible. And he's been so consistent this year. And it's been huge. So I think having Branch, Anzalone, Campbell, Barnes, those guys at that second level is going to be really key to, to keeping, I think, Lamar limited, but also stopping Gus Edwards and, and Justice Hill and the running backs that they do have. So we'll, we'll see, obviously, what happens. But um, I don't expect the Ravens offense to go off. I expect this game to, to be relatively close, you know, maybe 24-20, 24-16, 24-17, something like that. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, in, in the right direction for Detroit, we'll see. But offensively, I think it's much of the same of what we've been seeing, right? I mean, if if they get Gibbs back, okay, you feel a little bit better about the rushing attack. There, there's going to be some tough sledding because, again, the Ravens they they have players like you know Roquan Smith, Roquan Smith, and and like stuff like that. But I, I think if if Gibbs can get going, you can get Reynolds going. That's going to alleviate obviously a lot of pressure off Golf, and even if it doesn't. I, we saw what he can do passing. It, it, I don't think it matters. St. Brown is just going to be the difference maker underneath. And I still think JMO is going to have another good game here. I really do. 
Yeah, I mean, he's definitely trending, and it feels like it's coming. Like it feels like it's building to something crazy. Yeah. Um, I I do think that it's similar. It's similar to last week's game. Uh, the way the Lions are going to approach this, it's the same kind of three four look with 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 linebackers who really flow mm-hmm. and can run, but they don't have a, a Vita Vea, right? So they don't. So I think you'll be able to. I, I do think that they'll run it a little more successfully to keep them in good down and distance kind of things, which is is great for Jared Goff. So I think they'll run a little more effectively than they did than they did last week, or at least attempt to. Last week it was just almost like they, like you said, they they kind of recognized that they weren't necessarily going to be able to, so they didn't even bother. Right. I feel like, well, you know, we'll do it here and there, but. Yeah. We're going to do different things. And, and um, you know, I don't think that the test, I don't think the Ravens D line is, is anything like what it once was. Right. You know, so there are, there are matchups that, that you can take advantage of there. And it's just then mitigating what the linebackers want to do. And a player like, um, you know, Kyle Hamilton in the back end kind of thing where, you know, you have to, you have to pay attention to his ability to cover ground, but um. Good vibes, really good vibes about what this offense is doing and uh, what it should be able to do in this game. And it, and and it, like you said, I think I think we are looking at a lower scoring, tighter game, um, maybe a tighter game than we've seen in a little while. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been a while since they played a tight game. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good vibes all around. Like, you know, it's the same kind of feeling like. Yeah, you know, it's not going to totally shock you if Baltimore wins this game, but the Lions are absolutely going there uh and and are 100%, you know, in in this one and should, and you know, th- if things go well, they should walk away with it with a W here, which is, yep. you know, thinking about them winning this game and then you've got the mini buy before the buy. Right. Um looking ahead, it's just like yeah, this is this is a huge one. This game is huge. We're gonna yep. keep saying this. Every one yep. of these that goes by, you know, like this is Baltimore on the road. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about Baltimore on the road and talking about how you know you really should be able to limit their offense. And if you do that on offense, they don't present huge challenges. They just have they have some people that can cover some ground. But the Lions have shown that they're smart and creative enough to do things to eliminate some of those issues. Um. Yeah, yeah. Misdirection, you know, um, the play to Amon Ra last week was all about that, was getting him into open space, mm-hmm. you know, and then y- you just need one little thing to go your go the right way and boom, touchdown, boom. Right. Where'd that come from, you know? Exactly. Yeah. No, and I, and I think that's the key. And and I, and I think with, with Detroit, they're versatile enough defensively to where, you know, they can they run a variety of coverages of of zone coverage like cover three and cover one, but there were times against the Bucks that they ran you know a two high shell and they were just in cover two man and you had you know a traditional four three look and you had your your backers like Anzalone and, and Campbell they were spread out wide and Barnes was patrolling the middle and you know Barnes does a great job scraping over the top and and being able to play laterally so I know Lamar's going to be different but I feel better about playing the Ravens than I did playing the Bucs. And I don't know why that is. I think because the Bucs were coming off of a bye. You look at the Ravens, they've had to travel. They've got to get kind of 
used to being back in the Eastern time zone. And I'm sure they adjust pretty quick. They're always on the move. They're pro athletes. I get it. But, you know, they have maybe one or two bad days of practice and the Lions, you know, they've been playing on the road that, you know, they're, they're used to this. They, they've been doing this. So I I think I just feel, I don't know. I feel good about this game and maybe uh, that'll come back and bite me, but I, I just feel better about this than I have in other games. And Again, I don't think this, and maybe it's because this isn't a trap game. It's a, a good football team. So if you end up losing, okay, you lose to the Ravens. It, it yeah. makes sense. But I, well, I feel the good. exact same way, though. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I did feel like the Tampa game was was a pet. It was a bit of a, a trap. You know, yeah. like you know, there was there was some. I mean, they have players on offense. They have explosive guys on offense. They have a mm-hmm. really good defensive line. They have they have a you know a pretty excellent second level of their defense and that those were the concerns in that one like you know that this is not just a, a you know run them over kind of a team you're not that's not how that, that's going to work so yeah i'm with you this one does feel it does feel better doesn't yeah. make me feel better about saying that but it, yeah. you know it does and it you know i think the lions play a relatively complete game on both and you know all three phases both offense defense and then Obviously, on special teams, you make your kicks, you cover your punts, kind of stuff. Um, I, f- I mean, I feel really good about it. No, yeah, I, I'm with you, and I, and I will say, and I, I don't know if you feel um, the same way. Are you concerned at all with Sam Laporta dropping a couple of footballs? Is that concerning at all? I mean, he's done it in a couple of different games now. And that was, I think, maybe his biggest concern coming out of Iowa. It wasn't lateral movement. It wasn't ability to be an inline blocker. He showed he could do it. He was aggressive doing that. It was the drops that were concerning for me. And now it's starting to kind of come in, you know, out into the open that he's dropping some footballs. Like he had a couple of bad drops on Sunday. I think he had two, if I remember correctly. And yeah. there's been a couple that have hit off his hands and they were out of reach. I won't, you know, I won't credit a drop there. But when he's running that dig route or an outbreaking route and he's open and it hits him in the hands and he drops it, it's like, I don't like it just seems a little odd. And then he'll come back and rejuvenate himself or redeem himself, excuse me, and make the correct catch. And it's like, I, I don't know. I like. I'm just wondering: is is the calf playing into these drops a little bit? I don't know. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a good question. It's you know, drops are always sort of weird um, how they pop up and when they pop up, and it yeah. sucks. It sucks to execute a play perfectly and hit a player in the hands and have it get dropped. It just sucks. Yeah. Um. He didn't. I you know physically he didn't look all that limited to me in that game. I I didn't think he looked. No. Nope. You know in any way limited. So I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I, the Iowa, <laughs> they threw it. He was in and around traffic so much at Iowa. Cause I just think that what, for whatever reason, they, that is the most dysfunctional program I think in the <laughs> country. Like, so here's this. Oh, guy. My program is my program. <laughs> Here is this guy who is this, ridiculous athlete and you throw him every pass you throw him is within like three yards of the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and there's a linebacker and a safety and a corner and there's his own receiver within you know touching distance of him and all these things and i just wonder if sometimes the bodies that he feels can lead to focus concentration things because i think even on that outbreaking drop there was a he was expecting contact yeah 
you know, so maybe it's just concentration type things. I don't really know. I, I mean, it's, I don't, there's no good answer for it, but you know, it's never a good thing to have a player dropping passes. Yeah. Um, obviously every week that goes by or every, every day that goes by that he's further away from whatever calf injury it was, you know, I think it's, it's good. But the fact that he played, I don't, you know, I mean, it wasn't like a Joe Burrow situation where he needed to sit down and, and, you know, or really risk, uh, you know, re-aggravating something. So, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier, they're definitely trending in a, in a good way with some of their other injuries. Uh, Gibbs, we haven't talked about him. This is um, be really nice for him to pop a couple explosive plays. Yeah, and we've talked about that for weeks now, and we even included it last week. We just I didn't expect him to did not play, but right. um, so yeah, I mean his his ability to do something explosive combined with Jamison Williams' ability to do it, and then the just stability of what Amon Ra and Laporta give you. And Josh Reynolds, we should really be talking about him too, uh, and how high a level of golf is playing. I just think that when you look at it all with that offensive line, there's we shouldn't be afraid of Baltimore's defense. We just shouldn't. No, no, and I agree. And I, I think you bring up a great point of Gibbs. Like, kind of feels like maybe another spot for a guy. We we last week we mentioned JMO, a good spot to get a touchdown, a deep shot. I still feel like JMO could very well have three or four catches in this game, maybe close to 100 yards and another deep score touchdown. I really feel that. Um, but with Gibbs, I think it's kind of the same thing. I, I think we could see five or six catches from him out of the backfield, maybe him in the slot with the you know design screen game. But at the same time, it feels like eight to 10 carries for him and maybe he gets 60 yards and a potential touchdown. So yeah. I think that's the thing is – there's a lot more to, to honor for the Ravens defense when you have the playmakers that the Lions have because it's like, okay, you want to you wanna double cover JMO. That's fine. St. Brown's going to be open in the slot. Okay, you want to invert a safety down and now he's double covered. Okay, we got Sam Laporta over the middle. Oh, you want to put a, 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 a linebacker down in the box as a mid-hook defender and he's covered. Okay, well, we've got Josh Reynolds on the deep crosser. Like Everything is there for the Lions to be effective. And, and I think you know, even though Sam Laporta's had some drops, it's okay. He's like you mentioned, he's going to be fine. And if there's anybody that I think needs a bye week, it's him, right? He's playing a, a position that takes so long to transition into the NFL. He's transitioned so well as a rookie, 29 catches so far, like 325 yards and three scores. He's played phenomenal. He just, I think, needs that bye week to slow things down a little bit and he'll get that in two weeks and he'll kind of take a breath, get back after it. So, I, I really how much do we give to Ben Johnson there too? Like you know, think about how tough yeah. it is for tight ends to transition, and this guy's doing this. Right, some of it is definitely uh, them creating looks for him yeah. and making things a little bit easier for him. Which is, it's one of the frustrating things about how things sometimes go in the NFL. Like, why are you making it harder for your players to execute their jobs? Right, you know, let's. Nobody's saying to to reduce his workload and not let him grow as a player, but there also needs to be opportunities for him to make plays too, mm-hmm. and they're doing that. You know, and I think last week was a great example of a, a coordinator and a team understanding what the what the what the task was, what the defense was going to do, and how. Yeah, we're going to struggle against that, so let's do something else, right? Yeah. So, um, 
I would expect they're looking at Baltimore and trying to figure out what Baltimore does well on defense. And they're going to do things to take advantage of that. They keep running, and I love this, they keep running JMO, uh, Jamison Williams on that same sort of um, deeper slant route. Um, yeah. where if, he's, if it's single coverage, it's just you cannot cover him. He's too fast. You yeah. just can't do it. And no offense to Goff, Goff has not hit him well with one of those targets yet. Like even yeah. the past, I don't think the past last week was a good throw at all. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I mean, it, was, it was to the wrong leverage. So Jameson just made an incredible adjustment to that route or to that ball. But that ball's got to be thrown out in front of him so the defender kind of stays on his back hip. And and I don't care who it is. They're not running with Jamison Williams. So as long as they're they're setting that up for him to run, you know, 15 yards or so and then and then break at an angle – it almost doesn't matter what the defender does. It's not coverable. It's just not. So yeah. that's something that all has been there all along. Like run him. No, I, and I wasn't necessarily wanting to see the the deep slant. I just wanted him to Ross run like a crossing route. Like yeah. run him ten to twelve yards, and then have have him run full speed across the width of the field. And mm-hmm. I don't care who's covering him. He's going to leave them in his dust. And turn the corner for a huge play. So, you know, it is it's obvious that the Lions are dialing up very smart things for their for their weapons and including Laporta. So I think we got to give Ben Johnson some love, too, for for what he's doing and expect that they'll come out with some ways to beat what Baltimore does on defense. Yeah, no, I, I mean, the Lions played a lot of zone this past week against the Bucks. They carved them up. The Ravens run 59% of the time zone. So I think, you know, that's according to Sports Info Solution, which is, you know, one of the higher rates in the NFL. Um, you know, or it's more so middle of the road. They, they do a good job mixing between man and zone. And then that's because they show different fronts and different blitzes and those types of things. But I think this is going to be just a fine spot. And you mentioned the, the the deep crosser. I would love to see that as well. And I think the, the key is, is, you know, Ben Johnson – and Jared Goff too, both of them looking at some of the missed throws and those those misplaced balls and understanding, okay, maybe I don't go with my five-step drop here. Maybe I don't go with my three-step drop. Maybe I'm just out of the gun. I get the ball. I take one step and I chuck it deep and let JMO run as fast as he can to the ball. Yeah. I mean, I know that's maybe in a fantasy world, but you see it. I mean, you've seen it with fade routes in the end zone and those types of things. They get the ball, they take one step, and they just kind of throw it up in the air. So, yeah, I'm not saying he's got to throw it 75 yards down the field in a one step drop, but I do think there's a little bit there that maybe they can adjust and fix, and I think that they will. So, I'm excited for the game. I know you are. Again, we don't feel like this is a, a crazy trap game or anything like that. I feel pretty good going into it. So. Um, I would love to know what our folks, our, our subscribers, our fans, what they think. So, you know, yeah, if, you, know. If, if, you, if you want to let us know, you can comment in, in the YouTube comments. And of course, you can rate, review and subscribe to the Detroit Lions podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, really wherever you get your uh, podcast. So, um, Scott, you got anything you want to add to this? I mean, it, we went kind of along on the Ravens, but that's kind of what our objective is. So I think the Ravens are, are a team that you can't, you know, Take too lightly, but I feel good. I feel good. Yeah, I feel good. I would just tell, you know, as the old man of the group, um, we should enjoy this because it's like this is 
this this is awesome. What's hap- What they're doing is just ridiculous. It just yeah. is. Well, let's enjoy it too. I mean, we all we all should be, and I'm sure everybody is. But you know, fretting over small things. It's football. It's tough. It's hard. And, you know, not everything that you draw up is going to work. Um, I just you know. I, I think that there's an element of uh, there's some amazing stuff going on right now that we should all be aware of in the moment. And that, yeah. you know, I don't know if that sounds a little corny, but whatever. I don't care. Whatever. Nope. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I mean, it's just one of those. We enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Win or lose this weekend. It is what it is. Just keep moving. We got the Raiders next week. So we'll, we'll talk about them next week. But you got anything else you want to add or, or anything good. like that? We're good. I'm good. All right. Well, everybody, you guys can find us on Twitter at Russ NFL Draft at Bischoff underscore Scott. Be sure to smash those follow buttons. But he's Scott Bischoff. I'm Russ Brown. This is the Detroit Lions podcast with Bischoff and Brown. We'll see you guys next week. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes! You've had enough of that shit.